peace and love. Welcome back to Tunji Talks, the home of I Have A First. I am your host, Tunji. Uh, in today's episode of Game Changers, we are looking at Tariq Nasheed. This video is brought to you by the text version of my one-man show, Whiteboard, Black Pieces, Race in the West. My play looks at what it means to be black in the Western world. To get your copy, click the Amazon link in the description down below. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Before I get started, can I make a deal with you? If you learn something new or you feel motivated and inspired, can you subscribe and share this video with two people? Deal? Okay. During this series, I have looked at four individuals who I believe are game changers. The four individuals are Dame Dash, Belanley Austin Peters, Tyler Perry and Tariq Nasheed. All four have left a distinct impression on the entertainment industry and all four still have a lot to achieve. I cannot wait to see what they do next. All four of the aforementioned game changers inspire me. How does the series work? I give you a breakdown of the game changer in each episode, then I show you clips of that game changer dropping gems. A lot of great information is going to be shared, so I need you to take notes, save this video, and share it. It will be worth it. I would like to share with you one of my favourite Tariq Nasheed quotes. When other people tell their history, they come across as being patriotic. When other people talk about where they come from and who they are and what their history is, that's called patriotism. But when African Americans do it, or when black people do it, they're labelled as being militant. They're called rebels. They're Afrocentric. So that's the big difference. Our history, for some reason, it becomes offensive to people. So we have to stop being afraid of what our true history is. I'm just getting started. If this quote just resonated with you, please like, share and subscribe. Who is Tariq Nasheed? Tariq is an author, writer, director and producer. Tariq is also in the process of acquiring land to build an unapologetic black history museum. Tariq came to prominence when he made the Hidden Colours documentary series. He recently released a documentary called Buckbreaking. He is in the process of making a new documentary on the Maroons. He has just released a new book called Foundational Black American Race Beta, My Journey into Understanding Systematic Racism. The Hidden Colours documentary series is incredibly popular and in my opinion every black child on the planet needs to watch the Hidden Colours documentaries. Why? Because too many of us are expecting schools to teach our children who they are. Sorry to break it to you but if you have a child it's your responsibility to teach them their history. I'd like to share with you a quote. If you send your children to Caesar don't be surprised if they come back as Romans. Did you know that Tariq Nasheed is banned from the UK? Uh, it's a direct result of Hidden Colours 5. Um, if you'd like to know more information, head over to Tariq Nasheed's YouTube channel. Uh, he did like a whole video on how the whole ban came about. Um, really interesting, so I will definitely check that out if I was you. Would you like to support the channel? Great. There are two ways you can go about this. On the Cash App, pound sign Tunji Talks. That's pound sign Tunji Talks. That's pound sign Tunji Talks. Or on PayPal, paypal.me forward slash Tunji Talks. That's paypal.me 
forward slash Tunji Talks. That's paypal.me forward slash Tunji Talks. As I mentioned earlier, Tariq Nasheed does a lot. He has his own production company. As you may have noticed, all of the game changers I have presented to you own their own businesses outright. As a result, they are able to make and produce authentic content that resonates with an audience. Tariq does weekly live videos on his YouTube channel where he talks about the week's most pressing issues. I'm about to play uh, the clips of Tariq Nasheed dropping gems, so please get your notepad and pen. I got an author, a lecturer, a director, filmmaker, Tariq Nasheed, hidden colors. Yes, sir. How did that come about, and what made you say, you know what, I need to put this information out here for my people? You know, what made me want to do that, man, is just watching the plethora of shows that we see on the Discovery Channel, the History Channel, the American Movie Classic Channel. We see history non-stop on television, in movies, the movies 300, mm -hmm. Alexander, but we never see our story. The cool. black experience, mm -hmm. it's like it don't even exist mm -hmm. beyond slavery and civil rights. So That's I right. wanted to fill in that blank and tell the real story about our history from our perspective mm -hmm. so that it can be told correctly. That's right. So that that's the thing that brought it about. What has been the reception to Hidden Colors ever since you started dropping them? Man, when the Hidden Colors documentary first came out, we didn't know mm -hmm. what the response was going to be. I remember being in the, the movie theater yeah. when it first came out, mm -hmm. and I'm like in the back, like biting my nails. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is going to sink or swim right now because exactly. we put a lot of money into it, mm -hmm. which a lot of folks don't do. That's another thing, man. A lot of us, man, we don't put no money into black history. Ooh. So this is why our story doesn't get told on a grand level. But exactly. I, I got the money together, put it out there. And when the movie came out, people just flipped out, man. They mm -hmm. were just shocked that this information was out there. Now, a lot of us who are conscious, mm -hmm. we knew about the John Henry Clarks, the yeah. Dr. Benz, and yeah. all that. Yeah. But we live in a culture now where we need information fast. We live in the music video culture. But we don't, a lot of people don't want to read books these days. You that's a lying. reality. That's a reality. So I, I put all the information that we've been learning from some of those great scholar warriors in mm -hmm. bite-sized nuggets mm -hmm. so that everybody can see it mm -hmm. and grasp it and relate to it. What made you get the cast of intellectuals that you got on there together? How did Man. you go about picking the people to speak? And I got a lot of folks that I admired. Like Frances Cress Welsing, that mm -hmm. woman was, she's like an idol to That's me. That's right. Man, a brother Phil Valentine, mm -hmm. um, brother Booker T. Coleman, who's now Kaba Kamene. Mm -hmm. I got a great young brother, Umar Johnson. These are people mm -hmm. that I watched and I studied and I admired. And I got them in the films, man. Mm -hmm. And they just... I introduced a lot of these people to a brand new audience. Yeah. Because yeah. some of the, these brothers and sisters, they've stopped lecturing. Yeah. Because they lectured during the, the 80s and the 90s, so they kind of retired. Mm -hmm. So I got a lot of them out of retirement, put them out there for a new audience, and mm -hmm. now they're touring all over the country these days, brother. Exactly. All, not just the country, all over the world. During your time yes, of doing your research and, I mean, interviewing and stuff like that, what were some of the things that kind of shocked you when you were starting to uncover all of these hidden colors? You know what, when... I would travel a lot. That's mm -hmm. another thing that made me want to do the film. When I would travel myself personally and go mm -hmm. to different countries, mm -hmm. I would see an African presence in certain places that mm -hmm. I never knew we were there. I would go to places like Hawaii and see people who look like we look over here. That's right. I would go to parts of Asia and see people who look like us, and I would wonder, how come they don't show these people on TV? Mm -hmm. So that let me know that there was some type of conspiracy to hide this information, to hide this knowledge. Mm -hmm. And that made me want to dig deeper. Yeah. And when we were doing the Hidden Colors film, mm -hmm. a lot of our information is literally buried in, in, in museums around the world. That's right. People were very shocked that I would even ask for the information. Because in Hidden Colors, you notice we have thousands of images. That's, That's the right. thing. We back up everything with images, documents. Uh -huh. 
artifacts and the whole nine. So we would go to museums and dig all this stuff up that was literally buried. That's why we call it Hidden Colors. And you know, it, some of this stuff shocked me. What was some of the resistance that you faced trying to get that information? Because I know people can't just be giving that stuff yeah. up willingly. Man, uh, they make you pay for it. I tell you that, man. They make you pay for it. Some of those pictures and paintings and stuff, yeah. they're like, okay, what do you need this for? What's this for? And we kind of downplayed it. Like, uh, yeah. this is like a student film. <laughs> you know, we're trying to downplay it a little bit. But yeah. they still made us come out the pocket for that information. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are books out there. For example, I got some books from, from Harvard. Mm -hmm. Some some. Um, old history books that cost like three four hundred dollars each man. that's right so these the books that that it's buried in it's very expensive so a lot of folks don't want to pay that money but that's we right. went on and did it mm -hmm. and got the information now let's get to group economics yes sir you were talking about the financing of the film and stuff like that i know you had to go through some group economics just to get that yes, done indeed. yes indeed what we did man kickstarter had just popped off because uh, we did the first Hidden Colors, we started in 2010, it was released in 2011. Kickstarter just popped off. Not too many people knew what that was. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, I'm going to use this forum to get some of the money for this documentary. So mm -hmm. we got half the money off Kickstarter, I funded the rest, mm. and we just took off from there. And we continued to use the Kickstarter forum to... to raise the money, some of the money for the film, because it takes a lot of money to make a movie. People exactly. think that you just get exactly. a camera and point. Mm -hmm. Man, I, I'm out here filming now, flying a camera crew around the country, and driving and traveling and hotels, and, and then you got to pay the people, then you got to pay the for the images, and, and then you got to do reenactment scenes. Mm -hmm. That goes up, man. That's yeah. why movies are so expensive. So a lot exactly. of folks don't don't get that. Yeah. But but it pays off in the long run. I'm not complaining because mm -hmm. we need this information, man. This, this generation, nobody has taken the time to really think about what the next generation needs to learn. Mm -hmm. And this is why I did it for the next generation so they can get the information and run with it and build with it. Now, when it comes to economics... As small business owners and entrepreneurs, yeah. that's one of the biggest issues is trying to get that capital. Yeah. Where can we as a people go and find that capital to get stuff off the ground? We, we can find it in our own pockets because Ooh. we have it, brother. I was talking to brother Dennis Kimbrough. That's today. right. He's going to be in Hidden Colors 4. That brother is a beast with the information. Yeah. Because when we do these movies, we not only show history, mm -hmm. we show solutions. And we talk about the economic solution. Mm -hmm. So we mm -hmm. were talking today about how we spend trillions of dollars collectively as black folks. The way we spend money, we spend more money than certain countries, entire right. countries, the black mm -hmm. population in America. Mm -hmm. So all we have to do is aggregate the money and start spending it on each other, and that's the answer. That's Our right. thing is we got the turn-up mentality. You can turn up every now and then, but let's handle our business, then turn up. Let's get a business going, then turn up. If we can raise all the money to go down to All-Star Weekend and Black Bike You week, in Atlanta right now, the yeah. strip club. Man, all, hey, all that strip club money, it could be all types of businesses on Peachtree yeah. with black faces inside of them. So we have the money, but we have to stop tricking it off all the time. <laughs> you ain't lying. You know, trick it off when you build something. I ain't exactly. knocking your trick, in, your trick bill. <laughs> Just build something, then trick it off. Don't do it in reverse. Exactly. Yeah. Question, how do we get our people to understand and really digest the knowledge that you're putting out here? Because a lot of stuff, it goes over people's head. Even though you put it really in black and white and there's no excuse for them not to understand it after they watch the documentaries and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But how do we get the average brother that doesn't have a clue at all of what's going on to say, you know what? This film or this information is going to make me start a business and change my life and do better about my family and things like that. And what the thing is, what we do, we need enough 
people to say that because then that's what's happening. When enough of us start doing something, it'll be a trickle-down effect. That's the ball right. will get rolling. Remember, man, any revolution, man, everybody wasn't down with revolutions. When That's you right. look at Haiti, all the Haitians were not down with the revolution. But once those brothers and sisters like Toussaint Louverture, mm-hmm. Bookman, and Dessaline, when they got the ball rolling, everybody else got on board. That's right. In the civil rights movement, man... Most black folks were not down with the civil rights movement. There's a real big myth. They holler yep. now. They're like, oh, I marched with Dr. Martin Luther King. I was in Selma. Everybody was in Selma. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. My grandfather is a preacher, and uh, he was in it back then, too. And he was like, B, I had four kids. He said, I couldn't go to jail. Mm-hmm. He said, I remember watching Dr. King catch hell mm-hmm. trying to get his own people to support him That's and true. get the movement off the ground. So he was like, I had to respect him and his father because they were able to galvanize a whole culture to go out there and make a change for our people. Now, in Hidden Colors 2, you said there was a war being raged on people of color. Yes, indeed. Could you expound upon that for me? Man, what we can see right now, man, when you see all these brothers and sisters out here getting beaten and killed by police officers, that's not a coincidence, bro. That's not a coincidence, and it's not fear. That's another thing. This Mm -hmm. whole nonsense about cops being afraid of black folks. Man, did you see when they shot Walter Scott? That cop wasn't afraid. That cop calmly looked over his shoulder and blew that brother away. That's not fear. That's warfare, and we have to look at it like that. That's what we're talking about, Hidden Colors Mm 4. This is a war that's going on, Mm -hmm. and we have to look at it that way and start thinking that way and and get our money together to protect ourselves because Mm -hmm. that's what we can do now economically is protect ourselves. So what do we do for our brothers that's locked down, and how do we prevent that from happening? And the ones that are in there, how do we help them to get out? That goes back to economics. The reason why we're being targeted because we are economically weak Mm -hmm. and we're vulnerable and we do not aggregate our money, and they're going to target the weakest people. Mm-hmm. They, the jail system is a money-making endeavor. Let's understand that. They made, man, the private prison system is big dollars, man. You, they got certain websites where the prison system, they advertise their services to compete with China. They're like, don't use Chinese labor. Use our labor. You understand that? A lot of times when you call people on, like, AT&T or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm just giving an example. Yeah, I'm with you. A lot of times those are prisoners. Those are not East Indian Call centers. A lot of these call centers are in prison now, so they use prison labor for a lot of stuff. It's mandatory to work in prison. A lot of folks don't know that. When you go to jail, it's mandatory to work or you go to solitary confinement. So the prison industry is real big, and we're getting targeted because we don't have businesses. Mm-hmm. We don't have an economic base to buy the politicians because when you buy the politicians, you can buy the police unions. Yeah. And these police unions are very powerful. We see up in Baltimore with the prosecutor, the, the strong sister warrior, came out and filed those yeah. charges against the cops. Mm-hmm. The unions are going after that sister heavy the same day the unions because we always overlook the unions Mm -hmm. they put out a press conference saying hey we're trying to get her out of office so we got to use our money to get these unions in check and we also need to get black police unions i was doing a lecture telling people about that the importance of black police unions Mm -hmm. that we can fund so they can police our community so we don't get targeted and shot at Searching for history is a longtime passion for Tariq Nasheed, a documentary filmmaker and author. He's on the pursuit of uncovering and sharing untold African-American history. Today, he's taking us to learn about a former slave revered as the grandmother of L.A., Betty Mason. Her memorial is tucked away on the ground level of a parking structure on Spring Street in downtown. You'd likely miss it just walking by. This used to be her actual home right here. And they did a good job outlining the way the house looked. And um, this was one of the wealthiest homes 
in Los Angeles at the time. It was owned by a former slave, our good sister Biddy Mason. Now when you exit the parking structure and turn into the alley, there stands a timeline of her life. In the 1800s, Biddy went from slavery to becoming a wealthy real estate baron, owning property on what is now Spring Street. The fact that she was enslaved, and also Biddy Mason was illiterate all of her life. All of, all of the deeds that she signed, she would have to write an X because she just didn't know how to write because at the time it was illegal for black people to learn how to read and write. Although it's rather discreetly honored here, Tariq says her legacy remains relatively untold. She was a, a major philanthropist. This woman was so important to the early stages of Los Angeles, but she's never talked about. And these kinds of stories are hard to come by. Tariq has found much of black history is vague, untouched, or missing. Dr. Darnell Hunt agrees with Tariq. He says it takes a lot of digging to find the real hidden history of the black diaspora. As a sociologist and African-American studies professor at UCLA, he's been studying African-American history and quantifying it for over 25 years. History is usually told by the people who won. Uh, so we live in a society uh, where white supremacy is still operating and most institutions are run and controlled by white people. So we don't often have control over our own narratives and our own stories. And that's exactly what prompted Tariq to crowdfund over a million dollars to purchase this property on Crenshaw Boulevard to build what will be called the Hidden History Museum. This museum will dive deep into the stories of African-American scholars, inventors, leaders, and artists that aren't traditionally recognized in American history. So many people in our community we're thirsty for the information. We know how important it is that we get information like this that will serve our needs and talk about our history and educate our children. Because on the journey of self-discovery, you must know the history of your ancestors. We have a global problem of systematic racism. And whenever we try to talk about racism, we always deflect into what's wrong with the black community. And we never talk about the real issue of racism and the real thing that drives racism, which is systematic white supremacy. And that's something that's never even spoken about publicly. So apart from that, you said systematic white supremacy. Yes. But what's the real issue of racism? If it's not, if it's not that the black community and, and we all know many, many more black people are sent to prison, there are Absolutely. more economic problems, there's more violence, etc., etc. Mm. But what is the real problem you're saying with white supremacy? White supremacy is a system that was set up to, design, to be designed to dominate people of melanated descent. And that's really what it's all about. So the symptoms of racism, which is economic deprivation, the prison industrial complex where black people are being funneled into that system, police shootings and police beatings, all of these are symptoms of white supremacy and we never tackle the force behind white supremacy. Why do you think that is? Because I think um, people who are classified as white are the global minority and uh, people who classify as white is less than 10% of the global population. So I think in the minds of some people in the dominant white society, in order to survive, we have, and I'm talking like a person who's a white supremacist, yeah. we have to dominate these people of color in order to survive. And that's been a problem for the last 500 years. But even if you agree that that exists, as the world moves on and as emerging markets ramp up and become more developed, White supremacy can't possibly continue to exist with, with Africa emerging, with China, you know, really developing quickly. Won't that just change automatically? Well, the thing is, the in the 
the, the white supremacists or the people who are classified as white supremacists. The, the white supremacists is just someone who believes that they should dominate people of color. Mm. Um, they're still in power. Mm. You say that Africa is developing, but behind the scenes, it's the Western-owned banks that are controlling and pulling the strings of a lot of African nations, and they're still underdeveloping African nations and funneling the resources out of the African nations, and they will put in their puppet leaders, but you still have people who are classified as white running the scenes behind the running behind the scenes. So just let me ask, because yes, you've said uh, you, we never really attack racism properly. Right. How do we attack racism, and, and what do you want to happen quickly? Um, racism, we have to be very honest as to what it is. And this is why I use the term white supremacy, because there is no black supremacy. There is no systematic black racism. The only racism that has been um, sanctioned by laws is white supremacy. And that system has economically deprived people who are classified as black. So one way to correct it, to correct that, is to... Um, give black people resources that they deserve and that were maldistributed away from them, which could come in the form of reparations or any other type of benefit or set aside that the government has worldwide. And Hidden Colors, the series, it's the most popular African history documentary ever made. And we're very so proud of that. You're a filmmaker and a content creator. And yes. you go out and you make films. And the premise, as we've discussed before, is that American politics is rooted in white supremacy. And you go out and you make films and you document that story. And now with these cameras and these phone cameras, what you've been talking about as an artist and a filmmaker in your films suddenly is right in everybody's Face. We've always warned people in black society that we're criminalized not because of anything that we've done. We're criminalized because of inherent systematic white supremacy. People in the dominant society are just not charged with certain things that black people are charged with. Because what you're saying, and your documentaries dig into this, is providing a broader context for a conceit of American politics which would come under the heading of white supremacist. And yeah. that's not something people want to confront. And it's something people would like to dismiss. But these Karen videos are really repugnant and confirm you know, this idea in quite stark terms. Uh, and and uh, I hope this starts to you know, get the dialogue to a much healthier place. So, yeah, fire. Those, those clips are pure fire. Great stuff. Uh, let me know your thoughts down in the comments. Do you want to see another Game Changers series? Uh, I plan to do a debrief episode where I go over the main takeaways from all of the Game Changer videos so far. Do you plan on watching the Hidden Colors movies now that you've watch this video. And what was your favorite Game Changer episode? I'll really be interested. I have really enjoyed doing the Game Changer series. I hope you have enjoyed watching and gained something from this. Uh, I have one more quote for you. We have done so much with so little for so long that anything is possible. Some might not agree with that statement I just made. And to those people, I say, we have always been great and we will continue to be great because we are game changers. I will leave you the same way I came to you, in love and peace.